that's the beauty of scripture is, you know, there's parts of it that you can read and be like, oh, wow, that was a nice little nugget of truth. Yeah. on with my day. And there's other things that you read and you're like, okay, I have to sit in this for a while. Yeah. And I think that's the depth of what Jesus offers. It's not just like a little snack. It's like, it's a full meal that mm-hmm. you can like feast on and it will sustain you yes. and satisfy you. You are listening to If That Makes Sense. It's Family Life's podcast about what life is like following Jesus. And we're following Jesus in the book of John. It's been so much fun. My name is Tim. I'm in Family Life's radio department. And my name is Lydia. I work in the front office. My name is Jim. I work in the performing arts department. It has been a journey in the Gospel of John. A lot of episodes of really in chapter five. <laughs> but what can I That's say? All right. It's a dense book. <laughs> The Bible is a dense book. <laughs> Bible is such a dense book. It took I'm a long time so... to put it together, I hear. Yeah, 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 quite a bit. Finally got it under wraps, but been a bestseller ever since. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Speaking of dense, today's today's passage that we're going through, it's pretty dense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll say just before we start, because it's just Jesus talking pretty much a little bit of a little bit of narration before that, but it does start kind of in the middle of something. So if you didn't hear the last episode, what we're going to start out with is we're basically looking back on Jesus just did this amazing healing. It's a miracle, but the Pharisees, the religious authorities at the time didn't like how he did it because he healed somebody and told them to pick up their bed and and walk away on the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And that broke their rules. Mm-hmm. And in their opinion, that was breaking God's rules. Well, Jesus is here to kind of shake things up, but to really bring things back to what they always should have been. So a little bit of context. You can always listen to the last episode if you want to. We're in John chapter 5. We're starting in verse 16. John 5, 16. We're going up to verse 30. Jim, do you want to start us off at yeah. verse 16? Sure. Now, because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began persecuting him. So he told them, my father is working until now and I am working too. For this reason, the Jewish leaders were trying even harder to kill him because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was also calling God his own father, thus making himself equal to God. So Jesus answered them, I tell you the solemn truth. The son can do nothing on his own initiative, but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, the son does likewise. For the father loves the son and shows him everything he does and will show him greater deeds than these so that you will be amazed. For as the father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the son gives life to whom he will. For the father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the son, that all may honor the son just as they honor the father. Whoever does not honor the son does not honor the father who sent him. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my words and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but is passed from death to life. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the son of man. 
Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and will come out, and those who have done good to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. I can do nothing on my own. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Did anybody else feel like, let's be honest here, maybe it's just me. You get a little lost in like the for this Mm -hmm. is this. And therefore, you know, like there's so many things. It's this connected to this. And it's like this and the father and the son. And it kind of makes your head spin a little bit by the end. But I'll tell you one thing. All of it is truly, truly True. Truly. <laughs> truly. I tell you the solemn, truly yeah. truth. Yeah, your yours, your version, Jim, said the solemn truth. Yeah, and it says it three times. Mm-hmm. Yours must say truly, truly. Mine says truly, truly. You got a lot of truly, truly's in yeah. here. He's but not messing around. He's an, and that's, We that's, want to make sure that we, he wants to make sure we know. Right. That's the point. This is like, the truth. We, we, could, we could be like, oh, that's kind of esoteric <laughs> spiritual guru talk there. And Jesus is like, this is this is the truth. If I yeah. could say it any more clearly, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. this is for real. Yeah. And what he's claiming does need that much underscoring because like this identifying with the father that he does is really radical. Yeah. I wonder if part of it is him trying to say, okay, you might think that this is some kind of lofty spiritual parable kind of thing. Like one of the things I do, I'm not being... Silly, I'm not being lofty. I am his son. Mm-hmm. I have been given this power. Mm-hmm. And that's like, <laughs> what? You're not allowed to say that. Yeah. <laughs> You're human. That's such a big, bold, scary claim. If I was a Pharisee, I would be wondering a lot about this guy. Yeah. Yeah. And same for the people that he's speaking to. You know, if they're like, oh, Jesus, I, I think he was just kidding. I don't think he really right, meant yeah. that. You know, and the, trying to like kind of downplay it. And he's like, oh, no. Like, he, I feel like he doubles down. He wants everybody who's listening to know, like, I'm serious about this. This is not, this is not a, you know, if, if you want to believe this part, that's fine. If not, I mean, it's like, this <laughs> is, this is the real, real. And yeah, yeah that, that it would be extremely controversy in that day and age mm-hmm. for him to claim equality with God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you don't mess around with that. This cuts directly today. I mean, you said controversy for his day and age, and that's so true, Lydia, and it's so true that it's controversy for today. Yeah. Mm. Because so many as would try to say that Jesus is a really good teacher, mm. and that's what he was. Mm-hmm. And it was his early followers who deified him and made the Christ into a God. But no, Jesus was just a good teacher. Mm. That's what folks say nowadays. Truly, truly. Truly, (laughs) truly, this cuts right to it. No, Jesus does not leave any room for himself to be taken as anything other than what he was. C.S. Lewis said this, and I love it. It's the, the three L's thing, that when Jesus claimed to be who he was, he was either a liar he just, which just wasn't true. Mm-hmm. He was, or or he was a lunatic. Mm-hmm. He was crazy and thought he was something that he could not have been. Or he really is Lord. Mm-hmm. That last L, I love that. And yeah. you really can't come away with anything other than that. Jesus does not let you hear his words and understand him to just be a good moral teacher. He right. doesn't give you that option. Right. Mm-hmm. Because if he was just a good moral teacher, he wouldn't have claimed to be God. Like, I feel like no, just by right. doing that, it's like, okay, well, then that's off the table. That's so good. Mm-hmm. That's so, so good. Another thing, too, that he's saying literally is that he's really going to 
bring life to the dead. Mm. So if you were one of the folks who heard Jesus talking, and we know from the Bible that there were people in this time who claimed to be Jews, but they didn't believe in like spiritual miracles. They didn't believe that people would ever be raised from the dead, that God could ever do that. And we know that there are people today who might hold to a kind of faith, but not believe that there is anything miraculous, like the resurrection of the dead that'll happen someday. Mm -hmm. Well, Jesus is saying also, no, I really will bring life to the dead. And I'm going to do it in more ways than one. Right. Um, I'm just going to read where he says it here. For as the father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the son gives life to whom he will. Jesus is really going to physically raise people from the dead. And he's going to do it in this book. Hasn't done it yet in the book of John where we've read yet. But he's going to literally do that. And he's going to bring life to people spiritually as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing that stuck out to me. It took a little bit of reading. Because <laughs> like you say, you do kind of get, well, I say you, me. I got lost. I oh, got yeah. lost in this. Mm. But there's a difference between verse uh, 25. Truly, truly, I tell you, a time is coming and now is here. When the dead will hear the voice of God, uh, of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. And I was like, what are actual like dead people being raised to life? But then it says in 28, a time is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and will come out. And there's a difference between those two truths. Hmm. So that's like, there must be a difference in Hmm. what he's saying. Because he says one is now and one is one is coming and he's mentions tombs. Yes. So about that, I think there's something cool that happens in the book of John where Jesus does miracles, physical events. They happen in time and space. People can see them and touch them, these miracles. And they are, I think, sometimes like a picture of a spiritual and eternal reality. When I read this, what I was coming away with was like, Jesus is going to do miracles where he brings people's bodies back to life. Uh, He's going to do that a couple times. And the spiritual eternal life that he gives people is no less real Mm. than the physical life that he brings back to dead bodies. Right. It's almost like the physical resurrection is a parable of the spiritual one. Mm. Like the spiritual one is more important because it lasts forever when you're saved, when you know who Jesus is. That's an eternal life that goes on forever. Maybe it's almost like to show you that he has authority and power to give you that eternal life. He's also going to do something that nobody else can do here on this earth and and raise people back from the dead physically. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I've never thought about it like that, but I think it's really incredible because what feels more impressive? Somebody being raised Back to life who was dead or somebody like accepting Christ and having eternal life. Like if you if you looked at the two, yeah. we would be like, oh, my gosh, somebody being raised from the dead. That is way more impressive. Right. Like shocking. And I mean, their whole life is now changed. Everybody's everyone around them. Their life has impacted. But also those same things should happen and do happen when somebody experiences heart transformation and they were dead in their sin and now they're a new creation in Christ. Like the excitement and the intensity and the dramatic effect is more so, but it's just weird because we don't think about it like that. We Mm -hmm. think about like, oh, somebody got saved. Yay. Somebody was raised from the dead. What? Like that is. But in reality, like you said, like your eternal life, that impact is way more important 
in the in the grand scheme of eternity than somebody's physical body being dead and then coming back to life because that they will eventually die again like yes, right you know that's just the the nature yeah. of our mortal beings exactly but to experience eternal life and to know that you have that guarantee like mm-hmm. truly 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 yeah. <laughs> yes that is very interesting i yeah. guess i hadn't really thought about that either i mean kind of subconsciously sure. but never in words right. i love that yeah i also love that jesus says yeah. i do both right and exactly. he does both yeah there's the other story yeah. i mean i know he just raised a, a, a lame man back mm-hmm. and yep. he's walking around mm-hmm. stuff from the yeah. from the pond or the pool i'm sorry yeah, yeah. I, I'm sorry. uh not bible scholars <laughs> same thing with like the question with the guy laying on a mat and and his buddies lay him uh yeah. bring him through the roof yeah and he's like well what's more impressive you know yeah. telling him to get up yeah. and walk or, or say you're... saying you're forgiven of your sins mm-hmm. which requires more authority which requires more power and he does both yeah yes. and everybody's like oh, oh, oh. yeah now I don't because he has evidence to back him up. Yeah, you know that's it, the evidence to back him up. Because let's go back to our if we say earlier anybody anybody can say your sins are forgiven. Mm. What distinguishes that person from being just a liar or actually being the Lord with authority to say it? Because if you're claiming that, if you're telling somebody your sins are forgiven, I declare your sins forgiven. Whew, you better be able to back that claim up. Anybody can say that, but what's the difference between saying that and meaning it and saying it and it being blasphemy? Yeah. Well, Jesus backs it up and he says, not only are your sins forgiven, rise up and walk. Yeah. And the man is healed and yeah. only God could have authority to do that. So yeah, it's it's almost like we see the same thing here. Who can tell you, oh, you have eternal life. You have, you have forever life because you believed in me. Huh, who are you to say that? L- let me show you. Yeah. He can raise people from the dead and he's going to physically do that in this book. Mm -hmm. It's evidence. He's not a liar. He's not a lunatic. He really is the Lord. It is life to follow Jesus. I just want to read verse 24. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me, has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but is passed from death to life. Does the tense of that, like the the timing of that kind of catches my eye or my ear when I read it? Because I would almost expect Jesus to say, whoever hears my word and believes whom who sent me will have eternal life. Mm. But he's saying you have it now. Like if you believe that I am who I'm telling you I am, if you believe that I am sent by God the Father, then you already have eternal life. It starts now. Yeah, That's a really powerful thing to me. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because the, the opposite also seems kind of like it starts now. In verse 24, he does not come into judgment, but is passed from death to life. Mm-hmm. So if you believe Jesus is who he says he is, you've, you've left that spiritual death and you are in life. It's just really interesting that the judgment Jesus is talking about is like, that's something you remain in right now, presently. Yes, it will come in the future in a very final way, but it already is on you if you deny that he is who he says he is. Like these spiritual realities are present realities too. And that just kind of ups, 
it ups the stakes mm-hmm. in a way where like, I've really got a key into what Jesus is saying here. I can't just leave this off for some unknown yeah. time in the future. Yeah. And I think like what you're saying is so true because the, like if, if we're right now living, like our eternal life starts now, someone who doesn't know the Lord, like they're already, like they don't have any hope. Honestly, for me, for us as believers, I think it should break our hearts even more for people who don't know the Lord because it isn't just like they will experience, you know, an eternity of of death. They're experiencing that now. Like they don't even have any hope now. They don't right. have any present hope of of anything that's meaningful. I mean, there's the luxuries or comforts of life that you can experience, but there's no lasting meaningful hope that you're walking in right. now. I thought the way the word judgment is used in this passage is kind of thought-provoking. As we say so often on this show, not a Bible scholar, not a Bible scholar. No, not indeed. (laughs) Truly, truly, I tell you, I'm not a Bible scholar. (laughs) But um, I'm just going to look at this like the way we do here today. We hear the word judge and we think of it as a bad thing in our culture. Don't judge me, that kind of Mm. thing. And Jesus uses it in ways that make me scratch my head. For the Father judges no one but has given all judgment to the son that all may honor the son just as they honor the father. And that's a really interesting thought to think of God, not judging people, but he gives Jesus that authority. Verse 27 then says, and he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the son of man. Jim, can I throw a wrench in this? Do it. (laughs) And this is like, I don't know if this is like blasphemous, but I don't think it is. I have a very good relationship with Jesus. Uh, (laughs) We'll trust um, it not to be a blasphemy (laughs) wrench. (laughs) Um, Then in verse 30, he says, the father does not judge, but then he says, I can do nothing on my own initiative. Just as I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the one who sent me. So wait a minute. You're not throwing the wrench. It feels like Jesus is throwing <laughs> a wrench at us so that we can understand. Yeah. Here's the wrench. I'm not sure. It, and it's a question. The best. Okay. There is one question. Is Jesus omniscient? But a better question is, was Jesus omniscient? I see. Because if he, okay, if all judgment was given to him, he's doing the act of judging. But the father does not judge. But Jesus, and it seems like he kind of wasn't Mm -hmm. omniscient when he was on earth. Not all knowing. He had to learn information. Mm -hmm. But then some things he knew, which you can then argue that the spirit revealed to him. So who's judging? Yeah. Who 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 is doing the judging? <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> Yeah, I feel that. Uh-huh. That's why I'm like I'm not saying because I believe that Jesus is now omniscient. He sits with the Father. Mm-hmm. And there's that idea of like, well, is he truly because nobody knows the time when the son is going to return. Right. Nobody not even the son, only the Father knows. But that was a time Jesus said that while he was still on earth. So I yeah. had this Suspicion that Jesus now knows when he's going to come back because mm-hmm. he's hanging out with his dad all the time. <laughs> so like, they probably talk about things. <laughs> you know, I've heard it broken up as and this is not an answer. It's just one kind of answer. I've heard it broken up to be like that Jesus in the incarnation. So you get theologically or the second person of the Trinity, the, the son, when the son becomes human uh, not when the son is created, because that didn't happen. Jesus, the, the second person of the Trinity, is uncreated. But mm-hmm. when Jesus was incarnate, as 
the human, Jesus of Nazareth, that that there's a division between his divine knowledge and his human knowledge. Right. And that some people will make the claim that occasionally he draws on the divine knowledge and other times operates out of the human knowledge. And that's like, it's a little wonky because like, was he flipping a switch to be like, turn on God mode. I know things. Turn off God mode. I don't want to know too many things. Hold on. Okay. Hang on. I'm sorry. The spirit worked in Jesus the same way he works in us. People have divine, people still perform the same types of miracles that Jesus does in the scriptures now. And I know that's kind of a bold claim, but it's true. And the same thing he gives. And one of those miracles is that he gives divine knowledge to people now, but it's the spirit working through him. And it's the same, it says in, I think Romans, it's the same spirit who worked with Jesus that works in us now. Mm -hmm. So Drawing on that divine, I don't think it's a switch. I think that it's that third person of God. That's Throughout good. this whole thing, it was like, I just feel like this is, he's like talking about the the Trinity without like saying like, this is how the Trinity works. It's this mystery of connection of one God. And that's, yeah. I don't know that our little brains can yeah. really figure it out because it's unlike any other thing. I mean, yeah. you hear people try to explain the Trinity. Oh, it's like an egg. Oh, but not really. Right. Oh, it's like this, right. but not really. It's like <laughs> it's it's its own mystery that's beautiful and mm-hmm. wonderful, and I don't, I don't know that this side of heaven will ever fully understand all of the Trinity. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. whew, for me, it comes back to like what we were talking about earlier. I I believe that Jesus is who he says he is. I believe that he's Lord. I believe that he's powerful. And what knowledge or, you know, fully God, fully man he was when he was on earth. I believe he was fully God and fully man. Yeah. Um, but I think that there's there's just something that it's like, I don't know. I have to, I have to trust that in these types of scriptures when it's all red text and you're like, okay, I gotta really understand it. Like yeah. I wanna like dig my heels in and like Listen as hard as I can. And like, obviously, in the context of of the rest of scripture, um, I don't know. To me, this is just like there's a mystery of the Trinity that I don't fully get, but I'm I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think mystery has got to be the word that we're not ashamed to lean on here yeah. because I think Jesus is giving us stuff that is so dense and is. It's not contradictory, um, but Jim, you're right that he does say one thing and then sound like he's saying another thing. Yeah. And that's not rare. I mean, in the Bible, you find <laughs> the literature does that deliberately, and it's to get you to think, I yeah. I, I think. Hmm. What are the things you can't say after reading this? Well, I can't say that Jesus is just a person. Mm-hmm. And I can't say Jesus is less than substantively less than the father. I can't I can't say that. Yeah. I can say that he that the father is in authority and I can say that Jesus is one with the father and I can say all these things that are true and it's hard to see how they fit together at the same time. But you know what? We're not making anything up uh, when we yeah. talk about the trinity and this mystery of God because it's right here and this mystery has always been with us from the beginning. And I think it's faith that keeps us just saying, uh, that's that's a lot for me to take in. But like you said it, Lydia, I'm here for it. <laughs> like, really. Yeah. They're, they're working together. It's not yes. one against the other. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. 
to go back to the judgment thing that we're talking about here, to me, the best way that I'm understanding it is picture it's like um, there's a piano and it's being tuned. A tuning fork makes the same pitch all the time. In a sense, you could say the tuning fork is the judge of those notes on the piano to see if they are in tune. It's not doing anything. It's not changing anything about the notes. It's just you strike the tuning fork. It makes a sound. It makes a note, a pure note. And then you play the key and you find out whether that key is lining up with that tuning fork. And that's how you know if that key is in the right relation to the note that it says it is. So for Jesus to be the son of God who judges us, it's almost like if God was this inaccessible thing before where he's off in heaven and it's hard to know what is my relationship with God, Jesus, the son in flesh on earth is like the tuning fork where he's here. He's playing the note. Do I line up with that? Or when I see his life and when he lives the way he is, do I line up with him? If I line up with him, great. I'm in tune with his eternal life, with who God is. If I hear the note Jesus plays and I say, ooh, that sounds out of tune. I don't want any part of that. Then Jesus is saying, well, got bad news for you. I'm the one in line here. I'm the one in tune playing God's melody. And so it's kind of an abstract metaphor. No, I like it. But that's kind of how I'm thinking about him judging is that he's just showing us who God is and who God has always been. And you're going to come into judgment based on what you do with Jesus because he's the standard. Hmm. I like that a lot because it's not changing. It's not like they have different plans. It's just like Jesus is the, like you said, he's the one that we can look to to be like, hey, mm-hmm. how am I doing? Am I lining up with what God has called me to do or am I am I missing the mark? He's God revealed. Yeah. yeah. He's got yeah. God in the flesh. Yeah. I guess that's what it is. Is like, yeah, I make the decisions, but I don't make the decisions in a vacuum. Mm. You know, mm. Jesus, oh, there is another thing. Jesus has life in and of himself for just as the father has life in himself. Thus, he has granted the son to have life in himself. But in judgment, he never speaks outside of the authority of the father, mm. but he does make the decisions. Like he will come back and he's going to make decisions and he made decisions even here. He revealed some, you know, this day you are, you will be with me in paradise. You know, mm-hmm. it would have been better if you would have never been born. Like. He's revealing those decisions. But yeah. yeah, I think you're both – it makes a lot of sense. I love the tuning fork thing. Where would you get yeah. that? Did you just come to your brainium? Uh, it, I guess it was a brainium thing. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you're so smart. My brother has all kinds of metaphors he used. And so mm. a lot of times I say things and I think they're original to me. And then at some point in a future conversation, I learned that they came from my brother. We I mean, all we all just are made up of the parts of the people that we want to emulate. So. Oh, so true. That's so true. Nothing I mean, wrong with that. Didn't we say today was going to be dense? <laughs> this is like a lot. Yeah. Um, I feel like I need to go take a nap now <laughs> to recover. Yeah. But it's good. It is it's, good. It's good. And it's not there to be difficult. Jesus isn't trying to be aloof. Like he's really there to be understood. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't want to be misunderstood. Yeah. So when we're having difficulty with this stuff, like let's just, when we're reading this, just pray, God, help me out with this because yeah. it can be a lot mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And I think there's nothing wrong with digging in. 
you know, I think that that's the beauty of scripture is, you know, there's parts of it that you can read and be like, oh, wow, that was a nice little nugget of truth. Yeah. on with my day. And there's other things that you read and you're like, okay, I have to sit in this for a while. Yeah. And I think that that's the beauty of scripture. Like, I think that's the, I don't know, the, the depth of what Jesus offers. It's not just like a little snack. It's like, it's a full meal that mm-hmm. you can like feast on and it will sustain you yes. and satisfy you because there's depth to it. Thank you for joining us for If That Makes Sense, the family life podcast about what life is really like as a young adult following Jesus. If you enjoy the show, please send it to a friend. Your genuine appreciation of the show is the best way for word to get out. And it would make our day if you left us a rating and a review wherever you found this episode. Family Life has more great original podcasts that you can check out at familylife.org slash podcast. Thanks again, and we look forward to having you along for the next one.